Welcome to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. I'm your host and the president of IAW, Megan Bizzuto. This show features amazing women from the IAW community who are climbing the corporate ladder and taking their communities with them. Are you ready to be inspired? Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Unlimited Horizons, the podcast by the International Association of Women. My name is Megan Mizzuto. I'm your host here today and super excited for another amazing conversation with one of our influencer members. Today, I'm joined by Kelly Charles Collins, who is a an amazing woman. She has accomplished so much and I love, I love, love, love following her. She's an attorney, speaker, and author. She's dedicated her life to fostering respect, equity, and accountability in every sphere she she touches. Over two decades of experience as an employment law trial attorney, she's transformed her passion for justice into a mission of empowerment using her unique skill set to enlighten, engage, and inspire. Kelly, welcome. I would love if you could tell us a little more about your background and and what you do, because you've had an interesting pivot and interesting, you have a a very interesting journey. So I'm going to let you share more about your journey, and then we'll dive into conversation. Yeah. So um, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm so glad that everyone is joining. My background is, you know, varied. So when I originally, when I went to college, I went to college to get a fashion degree. So fashion merchandising, and then retail and marketing management. But I was 16 years old when I went And so when I graduated, I was 20 years old and still not knowing like what, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. (laughs) And so um, at the time, my university decided that they were going to start graduate school. So they had an MBA in international business management. I'm like, yeah, let me go do that because I really have no idea what I want to do. Well, between the time that I graduated and when I was supposed to start my master's degree, I found out I was pregnant and so had to make some decisions about what I was going to do. And in that moment, and it wasn't an easy decision, but just thinking about like my life and what I wanted to do, I decided from that moment on that I would live a life of and. So I wasn't going to choose school or the baby, right? It wasn't going to, I I didn't want to get into that space where I was always like putting one thing off to do the other. I wanted to figure out how. I could do both things. And so I just decided, well, I've signed up for this program and now I'm pregnant (laughs) and I'm doing both. And I figure it out. And and then during um, the time that I was getting my MBA, I had a conversation with a friend and he was saying, oh, I'm going to go to law school. From high school, he he was saying that he was going to go to law school. And I was like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, I'll do that. And so I just decided on a whim that I would apply um, to law school, but I wasn't going to be finished my MBA until November. And so I was like, well, if I wait until the following, you know, fall, I'm not going to go, just not going to do that. And so I had to find a college or a university, a law school that would allow me to start early. And there were only two. And one was, I think, I, I want to say it was in Minnesota. Some were really, really, really cold. And I had already <laughs> gone, listen, I had already gone from Florida <laughs> to Rhode Island. I was like, we're not going any further (laughs) with this cold. And the other was San Francisco. So I ended up going to law school there, graduated, started practicing as a public defender, and then um, transitioned to an employment law trial attorney. And in 2019, 
transitioned out of the practice of law, really starting um, in 2020 um, mm-hmm. to full-time entrepreneurship, to be able to leverage all of what I had done in my life up to mm-hmm. that point and things that had, I had encountered to yeah. really make an impact. Yeah. So one of the things you shared as a black woman and mother, you've, you've encountered your fair share of bias and discrimination in the workplace. And you say that instead of letting these experience silence you, you, you use them to amplify your voice and, and push to advocate for others that were facing the same struggles. I just, I love that. But you, you share that this personal journey has fueled your transition from courtroom to the training room. So now you're able to help corporations cultivate these safe, inclusive and accountable cultures. So I want to talk for a minute because we talk a lot about challenges on this podcast and obviously the bias and discrimination, the, I mean, you, you, the ambition you had to go to school while pregnant, having a baby, figuring all that out is incredible. But then to be a black woman and mother working in law, what kind of, can you, can you shed some light on how that felt? And was it, was, were you always determined to, to kind of fuel and amplify your voice or did it ever overcome you at times? Hmm, that's a great question. Did it ever overcome me? I don't think it ever overcame me. Like I, I've always been a person who would speak up and speak mm-hmm. out. Um, and so when I started, I was a public defender. So for me, that was my way of making sure that you know justice was served. Right. So a lot of people are like, "How can you? How can you represent criminals?" And it's really not. A, it, it's about them, but it's really also about holding our systems to mm-hmm. account, right? To make sure that if you're going to take someone's liberty, that you have like you know dotted your eyes, crossed your teeth, right. and you know, as a public defender, I had my fair share of people, you know, not doing <laughs> what they were supposed <laughs> to do and, and making, you know, and, and charging right. my clients and planting evidence and all that kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. You know, that was really, that was my way in that, in that time. But I also, um, during that time started teaching. So I taught the police academy. I taught the corrections academy. I've always been this person who wants to teach. And so then when I transitioned into civil practice, again, you know, training my clients and always having them think about being really proactive, right? Which is weird because as a defense attorney, you're like, well, listen, you're going to talk yourself out of clients. But I always knew that that was just, it, it was important. It was important to ensure that um, employees, because I was an employee, right? So it's insu- it was important to me to ensure that employees felt safe, that we were doing the things that were necessary to protect um, people, their well-being, the culture of the organizations. And so, you know, it, it wasn't an easy job, right? And as a Black woman attorney faced my own, you know, <laughs> lots of stuff, right? Yep. And so in the beginning, it, it actually this happened throughout my career, but, you know, I would go into a courtroom and introduce myself as the lawyer and have a judge say, so where's the attorney's? Right. Or when I remember one time I was in a deposition, this was the funniest thing. I was in a deposition once and the witness was sitting there and I introduced myself and I, you know, as the attorney and he just kept asking like, but where's the attorney? When's the attorney going to be here to ask me questions? I'm like, hello, (laughs) it's me. Right. But you know, it's, and that happened throughout, right? Up until the time that, that I retired in 2019. And, you know, um, I, I tell people that in the last few years of me practicing law, it was some of the worst um, mm-hmm. 
that I encountered in terms of bias and sexism and racism and having male colleagues actually in my face and towering over me and yelling at me and, you know, just doing things like, um, (laughs) this is like, you know, it's so, it's funny and it's not funny. Um, But one incident happened in a courthouse and we were sitting there and this was a really contentious um, case, but I was the only woman attorney and I was the only black person, black attorney. And there were, my co-defendants were three white males and then the plaintiff's attorney was a white male. The plaintiff's attorney was insufferable. And he, um, (laughs) they're standing, all the male attorneys are standing and he's talking about me. Like they're standing right in front of me and he is talking about me. And I'm sitting down with my um, associate attorney next to me. And I said, you know, I'm sitting here. You know, I can hear you. Right. And so he just started going off and yelling. Now there's all these people. And so as I'm walking into, we're going in to see the judge, there's a, a woman, a white woman. And she says, I'm so sorry that happened to you. But what was fascinating is that there were men, there were women, there were security, and not one of them. One person spoke up. Not one person. Then when we came out, he was standing there and he bumped into me and I said, don't play with me. I'm like, I I am just, just don't play with me. He then, this man, this is a grown man. He runs into the corner behind the, um, the bailiffs, the security. And he's like this, this physically, he's like this. And he's like, oh my God, she threatened me. She threatened me. And he is like at the top of his lungs, like saying that I did something to him. And do you know, they kicked me out of the courthouse. Wow. We're going to take a quick break to talk about the International Association of Women. We talk a lot about the challenges women face, and we know that the best way to overcome challenges is with a supportive community by your side. The International Association of Women is here to support you throughout your professional journey. No matter where you're at in your career or business, IAW has the resources, tools, programming, and events to help you make progress towards your goals. This includes frequent networking events where you can show up authentically and share your ask with the community, a resource library filled with eBooks and templates, and monthly workshops and webinars that are geared towards helping you maximize your potential. Visit www.iawomen.com to learn more about the IAW community and how IAW will help you fast track your success. All right, let's get back to the show. And it's crazy to think that this this is recent, right? As you, like yeah. you said, like it got worse as this you happened on. in 2000. And, yeah, that and incident happened in 2019. Yeah, and there's been such a push, right? There's been so much attention around the way we treat others. And it's just, it's shocking to me that, that these things still happen. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm sorry for your experience. I, it's crazy to me that, that, that these things can go on and that people will overlook it. Yeah. Um, but thank you for sharing, because I think that that's, it's important for us to hear these stories. Right. And that's one of the things that I often say, if I can share things that have, that I've been through and I can somehow help shape somebody else's journey, then <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm willing to share the story. Um, so I want to, I want to shift a little bit because there's a term that, that you've coined collab sourcing. Tell us what collab sourcing is. 
So collaborative sourcing means to leverage your expertise, your resources, and your relationships to build your business, your brand, and your badassery. So this came about in 2019. So during the pandemic, and you know, we're all in the house, and <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I'm now embarking on this full-time entrepreneurial journey. And I was like, hmm, women need to get together. Now, this had started actually before I retired, and I was trying to figure out a way to bring women lawyers together. Mm -hmm. Um, And they kind of pushed back. And so I thought about what it is I was trying to do, which was really to create a safe space for women to be able to ask questions and, you know, not feel like they were being judged or I'm stupid or I'm behind or whatever. I just really wanted this space. And so I created this community called Ladies Who Leverage. And my goal was for them to understand that, that there is power in this connection and proximity and this idea of collabosourcing. So our motto was, we don't compete, we collabosource, because I wanted to shift the perspective around women not being able to work together and particularly black women, right? And uh, not being able to work together and understanding that there's enough for all of us. And regardless of whether you do the same thing that I do, not everybody is going to want to work with me. They may want to work with you, right? And so you have your own gifts, you have your own superpowers and so I, yeah, it's trademarked and everything. So um, it, it just really, for me, was to get them to understand and also to use it in a way. So like one of my, um, one of the attorneys who worked with me at my um, last firm, and she was also um, let go. And I sat with her to talk about like, what are you going to do next, right? Where do you go next? And I use that to say, okay, whenever you're going into a situation, I need you to look at what is it that you need? Do you need expertise? Do you need resources? Do you need a relationship? Do you need a combination? Do you need all three, right? Because not every space is going to give you everything you need, but how can you, like when you have the vision of where you want to go, now I'm in this situation, okay, what what part of this situation can help me? Like what's a building block that I can get from this? to get to to the vision. So that's that's why I came up with it. And that's, you know, I talked to the women about it because I think we don't think in those ways. And, and oftentimes we come together, you know, we're not really thinking about how are we being strategic and intentional about being in spaces. Oh, I love, I love this. I love this mentality because like you said, I think that there, there can be a space of competition, but if we're constantly competing, then we're you mentioned there's enough for all of us, right? Yeah. There's, there's, there's plenty to go around. So when we can, when we can collaborate and work together, yeah. it's, it's just going to empower all of us to do more. This is why I'm such a big believer in this idea of women empowering women, because I yeah. think that even if we're working in the same space, doing the same thing, we can share best practices. We can share tips. We can share resources. And you're right. That client might not be a good fit for me, but they might be a perfect fit for you. And yeah. why wouldn't I give you that referral? Right. Yeah. Why and make I... it even, even, you know, even share clients. So I'll give you a perfect example. So my mentor and I, we train on the same things. Like we, our trainings are on the same topics. Now her business is a little, she has a little bit more in terms of what she does on long-term, right? With clients. However, she and I work together as strategic partners. She has her business. I have my business. There are clients that I have 
where I'm like, okay, well, you want this. I'm not going to be, I'm not doing that, but I'll bring her in. Same thing. I train her clients on the topics that I talk about and I train from her deck. Why? Because we train on the same thing. We know the same things. And so we have zero, we're, if you looked at us, we're competitors, right? In this space, we're competitors. But what we figured out is, is better to collaborate, right? Right. And so (laughs) you you get those, you know, now she, she trains my clients. I train her clients. I've given her business, right? So we have to start to think, especially as women, we really, really have to start to think beyond, right? And how how can you profit from a competitor? Like, you know, really think about in business, how can you make money from collab sourcing with your competitors? Yeah. So for someone who, who runs a business and is thinking about how they could adopt this in real life, how do you suggest somebody starts with finding the space to have that conversation of, Hey, I know we're competitors, but let's team up and see what we can do together. How would you initiate that? Just like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a huge fan. I talk to a lot of people about finding either like-minded businesses, like where you have like, like I use the, the hairdresser, makeup artist, and photographer example, where the three of you could create a package and work together. Right. Um, but the idea of like, you could have two photographers team up and do a really cool package. Right. And, and, and so I think being smarter about how you leverage your competition and they can be your friends, right. They can be, (laughs) they can become your partners. (laughs) And it's so funny, like we've done stuff like where I have a client and I've said, okay, this rest of this part of it, I don't do in my business, but I'll, you know, I'm going to give that to you. Right. So mm-hmm. then we do a, um, a referral fee, but then inside of what she's doing, there are things like there's training. And so then I train my clients <laughs> inside of her business. So it's really just being, um, it's just really just thinking like just outside, like they say, think outside of the box, right? Yeah. And just like, what is there? Because the whole goal is to make sure that the clients get what they need, right? So whether they're getting it from me or they're getting it from her, um, you know, recently I just did a, a, co- a, a proposal for a client and there was a um, another friend of mine. Now we don't do the same thing, but I was like, hey, when I was listening to my client, I was like, oh, this is something that you need, my potential clients, this is something that you need and I know who can do it. So then I reached out to her and then, so I put her inside my proposal, right? Because Mm -hmm. she has that expertise. So it's really starting to, one, know who's around you, right? And being really communicative and and understanding, right? And and making sure that people are at the same standards, right? And and will operate at your, your same standards, but also not being afraid, Right. Because even in a proposal like that, where you have multiple things, the client could come back and say, hey, well, I just want this. And it could be that person. Right. You have to be like, okay with that. Yeah. Right. And just be like, great. Well, you touched on something else in terms of the things that you don't do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody has a, a need, you're not stretching yourself to figure out how to go deliver that. You're staying true to what it is that you do. And you're letting somebody else with more experience do the things that you don't yeah. do. Instead, I see a lot of people, it's kind of like the the shiny object thing, right? Where it's like, oh, I can do that. Or I can do, I, I'll add it. I'll do it. I'll figure it out. But then we start to lose strategy and direction because we're chasing, we're chasing what yeah. 
what doesn't fit in our own lane. Yeah, it's not your expertise. Somebody just emailed me and asked me about doing something. I said, listen, this is not in my wheelhouse, but I know whose it is. And I'm you know, happy to make that introduction. We have to learn to say no, right? Because we we get us, we get afraid and we want to just do everything. And no, it's not going to serve you well. It just will not serve you well. So, but my mentor did tell me never say no, but always think about who is out there that you can pull into the space to be right. able to serve the client. Oh, I love that. Um, so I want to touch briefly on your transition because you went from full-time attorney to full-time entrepreneur and tell me, has it been an easy transition, a challenging transition? <laughs> <laughs> it has not been easy. Um, there are many crying days. Uh, there's days where I'm just like, I'm just going to watch TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then there's also really exciting, exhilarating days where you're like, yes, this is the vision. It's coming to fruition. You see that your clients are, you know, doing well. Um, but, you know, it isn't for the faint of heart. And I will say, you know, being a lawyer prepared me in some ways, but also just did not prepare me in other ways. So as a lawyer, I'm a thinking person, right? So I'm always analyzing. I, I listen as a lawyer, which is one of the right. things I think that makes me unique in this space around, you know, the topics I speak on is because I listen from risk management, right? And so, you know, I'm always, you know, when I hear things, that's the filter that it's, that it's going through. Right. But also, um, when in practicing law, I was not responsible for, you know, P&Ls and all that stuff. I was a partner in two law firms, but that was not my responsibility. It really wasn't my responsibility necessarily to, you know, drum up business and generate business. And so as an entrepreneur, those are the things for me that have been um, the most challenging, right? This whole, you know, thing about like lead generation and marketing and marketing is so different as a lawyer. There's so many rules that we have around what we can and cannot do. And so, I find myself sometimes being stuck and being um, constricted because I'm a, my son says I'm a rule follower. So <laughs> you know, sometimes I still am in those, in, in those boxes right. and just trying to, to understand the underpinnings of the business, right. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. learning, you know, what is a PNL and what is, you know, what do all these things mean and what, 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 hmm? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you mm-hmm. talking about? Yep. And so as brilliant as I am, right, as a lawyer and having all the education, I also know that there are things that I do not know yeah. in this world of entrepreneurship. And I think if you come into this space, you know, feeling that, well, I should know everything is going to be even worse than what I'm having in terms of like the learning right. curve. Right? I. I so appreciate your authenticity and sharing that it's, it hasn't been easy. And mm-hmm. I think shedding light on the, the challenges and the difficulty, because if somebody's thinking about pivoting from full-time career to full-time entrepreneur, you might love the work you're doing, but suddenly you're responsible for your PL, you're responsible for your marketing, you're responsible for customer service and, and everything, everything and sales, <laughs> sales, driving business. And a lot like with growth, you can often outsource some of that, but depending on your starting point, sometimes you're scrapping it all together yourself and it can be hard <laughs> for a long time, right? right. For a long time. Right. 
Um, right. it, it really, you are everything, mm-hmm. right? You, you are everything. And, and sometimes you're just like, no, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this, but you don't want to do it. Well, who's going to do it? Right. 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 And you could pay someone to do it, but then you're just taking money out of your business. Yeah, that and <laughs> and how do you how do you pay somebody and teach them to do something that you've never done? You don't know. Yeah, but you yeah. don't even know how to. You know, are they doing it right? Is it is it getting right. the intended outcome? You don't know because you've never. You don't you've even never. know. Yeah, I see this happen a lot with people where it's like they they're like because I have a marketing but I have an I have an accounting degree but I've worked in marketing for a very long time. So mm-hmm. I know the PL, I know how the numbers work. <laughs> and so whenever I do anything with marketing, I'm very analytical about it. Mm-hmm. Um but a lot of people they're just they're chasing vanity metrics and they're not necessarily paying attention to the the impact on revenue or the impact on cost and that's where it can get really really dicey and yeah. you end up losing money because you're not looking at the right numbers. And I did that last year, right? In all honesty, my business made over six figures, right? Um, but I also spent multiple six figures <laughs> in expenses, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so when you're when you're not paying attention to those things, you end up like doing things like, you know, like, oh, I, I need to, you know, I need to be on social media and I need to have these photos and I need to do all these things and I need to, and so as the money is coming in, if you're not paying attention on the back end, you're just like, oh, there's money there. Okay, well, let me go yep. do this and let me go do that. Not even realizing like you're really pedaling backwards, right? Yeah. You're really, really pedaling backwards. And so for me, one of the things that I did was I reached out to my accounting um, company and I said, listen, the second Monday, so after the month closes, the second Monday, I want to have a conversation. We are going to go through my P&Ls. We're going to look at my expenses. We're going to look at everything. So it is in my brain and I'm being like really intentional and focused on it. I still have a lot to learn, um, but just not being, a, I was, <laughs> I was hiding from the numbers, right? I, I was going to say anything. a lot of people, I, I love that you, you have set a date and that you've committed to looking yeah. at the numbers because a lot of people are like, I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> yeah. And I did that for the we'll first just, two years, I right. for three years of entrepreneurship, two and a half years. I really did ignore it. Right. And because in your mind, you also know that things are not going well, right? So you know that you're making money, but you could be making more money and you might be doing some things in your business, a program or something. And you know, that thing is not making money, but you know what? If I don't look at it, I could just be in la la land about yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. so I decided to be sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. You're just like that over there. Yeah. But when you do look at it and the numbers come to you and you're just like, yeah. And I was like, no, we're not, we're going to stop that. Yeah. Well, I thank you for sharing so openly on that. Cause I think it's, it's so important and you're not alone in the, the ignorance is bliss. Right. And if, mm-hmm. we, if we're not looking at it, then we don't have to face the reality. That's right. um, but as we start to wrap up here, I want to make sure people know where to follow you. This will all be linked up in the show notes, but Kelly Charles Collins is the website. You can find Kelly on LinkedIn at Kelly Charles Collins and Facebook, the same place. Um, tell us more about how you work with your clients and just a little bit of information about your services. Yeah. So one of the things I'm focused on right now is to get employees, get, um, organizations talking. So, um, we are rolling out, really pushing out our combo catalyst movement. And it's, you know, I can do a keynote, a workshop, 
with employees around how do we get people talking about the issues um, that we want to talk about, but don't really have the skills and tools necessary to do that. So that's what I'm helping um, organizations. That's my mission right now and my push right now. I love it. So important. The conversations are critical, but again, just like the money stuff, we tend to avoid the hard conversations, right? Absolutely. Amazing work. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks to everyone who listened in. We will be back here again next week with another episode. Be sure to go take a look at Kelly's website, follow her on social media and reach out if there's anything she can do to help support you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at www.iawomen.com.